Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. The world. Dan Bickley. Sportsman, sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Thursday, Valley sports fans. Welcome to the day we have been waiting for since the middle of February, since the Rams beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Football is back tonight. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. Finally. This interminable preseason and mm-hmm. then... Awful bye week after the end of preseason before the season starts. Thank goodness for football because otherwise we would be talking about Luka Doncic, Vinny's favorite, scoring 47 yesterday in Europe. Big deal. Yeah. How many shots did he take? Yeah, right. uh-huh. 47. Uh-huh. Giannis scored 41 uh-huh. and his team won. So, like, I mean. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whatever. I thought I would watch more of the Euro basket. I guess I just can't get uh, motivated for, to uh, turn on the computer yeah, after, listen, the, after was, the show. It was a great game for uh, Luka Doncic's team. They uh, Goran Dragic had a steal and a layup to win it. Wow, look at you. Oh, yeah. Eurobasket yeah. insider, Dan yeah. Bigley. I didn't Dario know that. Dario Sharich looking good, man. He's got a new hairdo. He's got a cool hairdo going. Yeah. He looks thinner and fa- a little Croatia. quicker. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. He's my cousin. He's your cousin? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. There's a relation somewhere. Just go like nine generations line. back. There's something there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, th- there's your Eurobasket well, update for today. It's yeah. football season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, it's a strange day in Europe because apparently the queen is yeah. not doing so well. I saw that. 96 yeah. years old? Is that what she I don't is? Know. I thought she was over. Speaking of like documentaries, you know, I'm a documentary 96. dork. Anytime I'm flipping through the channels and there's a documentary on, I'll watch it. There's one about uh, Princess Diana. That there's more than one. There's more. There's mm-hmm. a lot, but the one that I was watching was all real, like news footage through her rise and and her life, yeah. leading to her death. What a tortured woman! Last time, oh, my goodness. yeah. Last time I was there, they had a, a display, and it was all of Diana's clothes, and they had them under glass mm. in Kensington Palace. It was quite something. It was very kind of eerie. And yeah, weird. It is a football Thursday. Let's get it going, Jarrett. The splash, splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, we got our first look at the Cardinals' Week 1 injury report on Wednesday. And let's just say it's way too long for Week 1 of a season. Uh, Defensive end J.J. Watt, outside linebacker Marcus Golden, cornerback Trayvon Mullen all missed the practice session. While long snapper Aaron Brewer, tight end Zach Ertz, guard Justin Pugh, linebacker Ezekiel Turner, running back Jonathan Ward were all limited. 
center Rodney Hudson didn't practice either, but it was a veteran's day off. Uh, the opponent, the Kansas City Chiefs, didn't list anybody even limited on Wednesday, and only two starters, guard Trey Smith and Man. wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, appeared on the list, although they were full participants. Of course, that game coming up uh, Sunday, Cardinals and Chiefs. Kingsbury put his players in bubble wrap? Oh, wait. <laughs> he did. Oh, my bad. The bubbles were already popped, though, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, 125 kickoff on Sunday. The Cardinals also placed quarterback uh, Colt McCoy on injured reserve with a calf strain, meaning he's out for at least the first four weeks of the season. Trace McSorley elevated from the practice squad and will serve as Murray, Kyler Murray's backup for the foreseeable future. And Jarek Arantano, who played in all three preseason games, was brought back to the practice squad. There's more good news. Uh, the captains were announced for 2022. Only eight of them this year, Bick. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyler Murray, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, Dennis Gardeck, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, J.J. Watt, and James Conner are your Cardinals captains this that's year. That's more like a small council. <laughs> My goodness. It's a subcommittee. It really is. Uh, the NFL season does get underway tonight at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams hosting the AFC Super Bowl favorite for this year, the Buffalo Bills. That game kicks off at 520. And this is not part of the Prime Video Thursday night package, so you can catch it on NBC. That Prime package starts uh, next Thursday. Okay. Uh, baseball, the long ball was the flavor of the night in San Diego, unfortunately, for the D-backs. All three of theirs were of the solo variety, and they couldn't generate any other offense against uh, the Padres in a 6-3 loss in San Diego. Dalton Varsha went deep twice. Corbin Carroll had his uh, first Major League home run. Uh, Varsho and Carroll went back-to-back with homers in the second. That gave the D-backs a 2-0 lead, but then Jurek's in Profar. Jake Cronenworth homered in the bottom of the second to give the Padres a 3-2 lead. Then in the fourth, Varsho went deep again, but Tommy Henry gave up another solo blast, this one to Will Myers, and the Padres would not lose that lead. San Diego takes the series, which snaps the D-backs' string of three straight series wins. Off day today, yeah. they'll start a three-game weekend series tomorrow night in Denver against the Rockies. The, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but some... Uh, some some guy in San Diego wearing an SDLFG t-shirt has caught three home run balls in two games. In the last oh, two games. has he really? Yep. That guy was really fired up. Oh yeah, he just put, he just patrols right field, and he just he, he's right there in that kind of wheelhouse. I don't know. I got a real issue with like adult male Bringing home run ball to baseball games. No, yeah, Thank bring, you. Bring, if you're bring more... it, but but if you're doing it every game, like come on. Also, if you're doing it for the sole purpose of catching them, yes. Like what if you, if you, a dork. Did you see the video? I think it was last week. Of there was like a group of like five yeah, little yes, girls, yes, and the yes, ball yes. was coming right towards uh-huh. them. And some like middle-aged guy just jumped in front of him, grabbed the ball, and walked away. Yeah, the, one uh, of the one of the parents actually reached out to the Nationals and requested a ball be signed and, and delivered, really? and they actually I think the, they followed uh, through. The antithesis actually happened in in the uh, TFO tennis match the other night at the U.S. Open. Nobody saw this, but it this did happen because I was watching very closely. When he you know they signed the balls, they hit him up into the stands. One guy caught it. The TV camera caught the guy holding the tennis ball. A little kid. 
was walking up the stairs. He just handed it to the kid. And the kid smiled, took it up three stairs and realized, went right back down and told the guy, thank you. Oh. And for for no, yeah, exactly. It was a store faith in humanity kind of gesture. Yeah. Continue, Vinny. Maybe maybe the first one we've seen in, yeah, I don't know, a in year about, and a half. D backs manager Tori Lavello also said Wednesday that his use of the closer is a fluid situation right now. Ian Lighter Kennedy. Fluid. <laughs> Indeed. Good. Well Indeed. done. Ian Kennedy replaced Mark Melanson in that role and has blown consecutive save opportunities, including Tuesday night's loss in San Diego. Some possibilities. Caleb Smith, Reyes Maranta could be used in safe situations in the near future. Another day, another Aaron Judge home run. The Yankees slugger hit his 55th home run of the year off of Minnesota's Louis Varland in the fourth inning of the first game of a doubleheader at Yankee Stadium. Yesterday, he's now seven away from breaking Roger Maris's team record. And now has more long balls in a single season than any right-handed hitter in team history. Wow. And there's people just wondering now why Aaron Judge is even getting pitches to hit. Because we got to get him to 60, man. <laughs> we do. 62. Uh, yeah, I, 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 he's had 22 home runs since the All-Star break. Wow. Uh, that's seven more than anybody in baseball. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Is uh, Pujol still at 695? Uh, he okay. is, yeah. All right. Uh, and Francis uh, Tiafo's run at the U.S. Open continues. The 24-year-old American wiped out Andre Rublev in straight sets to reach the semifinals in New York, becoming the first American man to reach the Final Four in Queens since Andy Roddick in 2006. I knew it had been a long time, but the reality of... A no, no American men making the, the semifinals in 16 yeah. years? It's, wow. I know. Roddick was also the last American to win a Grand Slam tournament. That happened in 2003. Uh, Tiafa will take on Carlos Alcaraz, who beat Yannick Sinner in the other quarterfinal match played on Wednesday that bled over into early Thursday morning. Five sets in over five hours. It was the latest match ever played at the U.S. Open. It wrapped up at like 2.50 a.m. 2.50 a.m. It was the latest closing time ever there. 250. <laughs> but an amazing match. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't watch it, but I'll take your word for I it. I saw some of the highlights this okay. morning. Alcaraz with a behind, a behind the back shot. Oh, did I saw you that, see that highlight. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, that kid's the next Nadal. So, future of tennis, baby. Future of tennis. Another, Grab another, your shades. another guy from Spain. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there is your splash for Thursday, September 8th. Yes. Rejoice, football fans. It is here. We will set the scene for the NFL season, it which begins deep. tonight. It is far. <laughs> it oh. is gone. Oh, my arm. Oh, my arm. <laughs> it's broken. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Going to play the defending Super Bowl champs, and um, you know, watching them raise their banner, you know, that'll that'll be an interesting feeling for sure. And we understand there's going to be a lot of people watching. Uh, it's it's an anticipated wait to the NFL season. Um, we're excited for it, and I know the Rams are excited for it. It's week one of of a, a long season. It's it's. One game, and we're looking forward to playing this game, but it's not going to make or break our season. Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, one of the favorites to win the MVP this year. The Bills, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they open the season tonight against the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. And mm-hmm. Josh Allen made reference there, Bick, to you know the Rams get to raise their banner tonight. You know who I'm happy for? 
I'm happy for all of the brand new Los Angeles Rams fans that'll be in attendance tonight that saw that game in February and said, "You know what? I think I'm a longtime Rams fan." Well, now. listen, I I I would I would <laughs> guess that that stadium tonight is going to be overloaded with Buffalo fans. That's what I'm guessing. Oh yeah, I'm sure a lot of Buffalo Buffalonians. I'm sure a lot of them <laughs> bought those tickets and weren't. Counting out a heat wave <laughs> enveloping Oops. Southern California. <laughs> they probably enjoy it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so, a good point, Bo. If Wolfley did uh, sports radio in Buffalo, he would refer to his listeners as Buffalonians. You're I exactly think, right. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I guess you'd have to, right? Buffalonies. <laughs> Buffalites. <laughs> so, to me, uh, this is um, it, it's significant for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I think it's a quick look at Matthew Stafford and the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Rams. There are sources that say he underwent an off-season procedure on his elbow, which is why the Rams have had him uh, in bubble wrap. He said two days ago that he feels good. Didn't say great. Said he feels good. Says he can make all the throws. Um, I think everyone's going to be watching that tonight. And I think everyone's going to be watching Bobby Wagner in this Rams defense and and just how good the Rams look. That that's directly applicable to us, obviously. So I mean, that's number one. The and the other thing too is, like you said, Buffalo is everybody's sweetheart this year. Everybody's. Well, they're a team that's kind of climbed that ladder of paying dues. You know, they make the playoffs. I think they made the playoffs three straight years. They get closer and closer and closer. So people are kind of pinpointing them. This could be their year. I'm I'm real curious to see what they do with this level of expectation. Now, Josh Allen, by the end of last year, looked completely unflappable at the quarterback oh, position. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they lost a, a, a tough game to to uh, exit out of the playoffs, but um, yeah, pressure is different when you have this level of expectation on you. And to start the season under the microscope of Thursday night football when everybody in the world who has an interest in football is going to be watching it, it it you know it is a different territory that they're crossing over into yeah it it's so i think this is going to be this is going to be quite something and it's it's going to be uh, an early look at a team that has really been given um I, a lot of lift uh, a lot of people like you said just assume that because what you saw from Josh Allen at the end of last year that that team is on that arc that they're going to be that team from the AFC this year i don't know man if, until they upgrade that running game and get some actual power runners in there, I, 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 I kind of have my, a little bit of doubts about that football team. They do have a power runner. His name is Josh Allen. Well, that's true. <laughs> a power. That's very true. Yeah, actually, he that's, is kind of their yeah, power no, that's guy. Very true. That that's is true, true, though. It's amazing that that offense is so good. Essentially, during Allen's entire time, they haven't really had a top ten running back. And they have one great receiver. The rest of their receiving core is not even that great. Well, Diggs is great. Diggs um, is great, yeah. Gabriel Davis came on late last year. I think he could be a real factor this year, too. Uh, Josh Allen also talked about, hey, when you play the Rams, you got to be worried about 99. What's the plan against Aaron Donald? Getting the ball off on you know on time, um, putting it where our receivers can get it. You know, Trying to wear down maybe early with not getting to me. You know, Some quick passes here or there. Uh, can't mm-hmm. give away too much of the game plan, but sure. um, just 
you know, really limiting his impact on the game is what we're trying to do. I mean, I thought that that's everybody's plan. Uh, when what's Mike Tyson's line? Everybody, <laughs> everybody's got get, a plan until you get punched in the face. Until they get hit, or you get hit in the head with a helmet, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, right? That, two helmets, yeah. Or that two can, helmets, that can alter or, things. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Um, he remains the most dominant force in all of professional football. So we'll see if uh, you know the bright lights get him going. He talked about. He had talked earlier uh, leading up to this game, too, that if the Rams had lost the Super Bowl, that he was going to retire. Isn't that kind of a weird yeah. juxtaposition? Normally, well, it's like course. you go out on top, Yeah, but I guess winning the Super Bowl fueled him to come back. You don't normally say, ah, this is my last game if we lose. I don't think he ever was he, going he, to retire. He, he was never going to retire. Yeah. Right? That was all a money play. He was never going to retire. I don't know. I'm not going to say anything negative about Aaron Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Stay out of his way. I'm a little afraid of him. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even look at him funny. Um, yeah, Stephen A. Smith uh, from ESPN. He says, sorry, Super Bowl champs. Not your night tonight. Number one defense in the NFL, Buffalo Bills. Number one defense in points allowed, Buffalo Bills. Number one defense against the pass, the Buffalo Bills. And now they've added Vaughn Miller, who they took from the Rams and got him there right now because he left the free agency. But in the end, when you look at the Los Angeles Rams, there have been plenty of occasions, particularly last year, when they didn't win in a month. Remember, they went the month. It was like the month of November without winning a game. They went an entire month without winning. When you take those things into consideration and you look at what the Buffalo Bills bring to the equation, I'm going to tell you right now overall in its totality i give the buffalo bills an edge we'll see um you know uh, another thing to consider with the rams is that super bowl hangover first uh, title that group's won together you know they got close a few years earlier um the expectation to get there the target on your back those are all things they play in a very tough division we'll get into that later on in the show yeah we're gonna give our uh, super bowl picks Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> I was making mine yesterday and mm-hmm. making sure all the seeds lined up to make sure it was possible. Um, and, and I always fall into the trap, and I'm not giving anything away when I say this. I always fall into the trap of putting so much stock into what happened last year. And it's hard not to do that. But if you look at the the partic- there's always new participants in the playoffs every single year. But I always have a hard time identifying who those are, those teams are going to be. Well, it's it's nearly impossible in the NFL. Well, not not necessarily. I, I think when you kind of like drill down in the NFC, there's a drop off real fast between teams that look like they're playoff caliber and teams that don't. Fortunately for the Cardinals, are right on the edge. <laughs> they're teetering on the they're edge. Kind of teetering a little bit. Yeah, and again, like we t- we talked about the Cardinals, the prognosis for them. Uh, nobody seems to know what it, whether it's power ratings, whether it's going, you know, th- whether this team is going to sniff the postseason. The thoughts on the Cardinals are all over the place right now. Well, yeah, and it's we don't even know who's playing on Sunday, <laughs> right? So, I mean, it's just it's just one one crazy mystery after another. Yes, right. Yeah. I mean, not to get silly about it, but look at Devon Kennard. He gets cut from the team. He gets signed back to the practice squad, and now he's listed at as second on the depth chart at outside linebacker. Yet he's still on the practice squad. I mean, are they just playing their hand on what they're going to do for Sunday that he's going to get elevated? I mean, it, it has to be that, right? You don't know. I, I, I don't even. I don't even venture a guess. I think, as you sort of were implying, that maybe the Cardinals' best, the best reason that they could be a playoff team is because they play in the NFC and not the AFC. 
Yeah. Because it's so top heavy, uh-huh. you know, those six and seven seeds are, are up for grabs because there's really no depth in the NFC. Yeah. Bix Picks kicks off tonight as well. Text the word PICK to 620-620 to sign up, compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Yeah, Bick said it. We don't even know who's going to play on Sunday. We don't. The Cardinals injury report was a little concerning for week one. We'll get into it more next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Luckily, it was a very uneventful offseason for the Cardinals, so um, that made it smooth. But no, I think everybody's ready um, to be 0-0 zero and zero again and, and see what we can make of this season. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals, the dry sense of humor once again. Pretty uneventful offseason for the Cardinals, and you heard the snickering from the media oh, yeah. members in the yeah. background. Uh-huh. It was anything but. It was, uh, I d- dare I say, the most tumultuous of any NFL team's offseason. I don't. I can't see one that really rivals this. No. Now, we're in it every day. We lived in that world from, from January until mm-hmm. now. So we got to pour over all the no. fine points of it. From but there were so yeah. many things. Uh, and the Cleveland Browns had kind of a... They had like well, one only big one, thing, but only one player really. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. there was a, what death by a thousand paper cuts or whatever that saying is. Yes, for the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, no, this Deep is paper cuts. Yeah, yeah, this has been this has been quite something because it it started it started at last year's Super Bowl with that Chris Mortensen mm-hmm. report about Kyler Murray, and it's kind of been drama ever since, from the Eric Burkhart missive to the DeAndre Hopkins suspension to all that contract stuff to the independent study addendum that became a. Um, just a sizzling fire of a national story. Speeding tickets. The speeding tickets to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. It's flooding <laughs> and, a training camp. Uh, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury kind of making a public plea that he wanted Kyler for the start of training camp. Rodney Hudson holding in. Yeah. Marcus Golden right. holding in. A running backs coach being put on administrative leave. All of those things. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. And oh, then on yeah. top of it now, heading into week one, we got our first look at the injury report and I I know they're going to be optimistic about it and Cliff Kingsbury has hinted as such and said the, the guys on the list and, and Marcus Golden's on the list and J.J. Watt's on the list and uh, there's questions about Zach Ertz although he did participate in practice but these are veterans who know what they're doing either way it's not ideal because of the lack of reps that these guys have had. No, yeah, that it's it's not ideal at all. So I, I'm really curious to see their state of readiness on Sunday as juxtaposed to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, it's you know, we talk about the importance of a fast start. The schedule is really just, it's almost relentless. Mm-hmm. There is just not a lot of pockets where you go, okay, that is where you kind of make up some ground. It's even worse, I mean, you look at the Rams, the Rams having to draw the top teams in those respective divisions. It really does make a difference in terms of teams' chances. It does. I mean, especially in a, a situation where you have NFC West against AFC West. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or Actually, no. Uh, that That's not where it applies. Where you get those three games that are outside of those divisions that are that are assigned, they're playing first-place teams. First-place teams in all three across of the board. Yeah. So that's that's kind of, generally, you reward the better teams and you don't, you don't make them go through the gauntlet as much, but that's kind of the football way. So, you know, that, that's 
that's interesting to me too as well. The need, the fact that this team has has cultivated the image of being able to fast start, start fast regardless of what they rep and who they play and how they treat the preseason. This is kind of under the microscope now, right? Because it's I don't know how you how you want to look at that Nashville game, but if if you believe that that. The Cardinals caught the Titans by surprise, which a lot of people in Tennessee said. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. No, I don't I, think I so. I don't think you're going to have an element of ambush to this game like you did last year. Because even though you know there's a lot of new parts and pieces with, with the Kansas City Chiefs, that's a team that is battle-tested. I mean, yeah. they're, they're a Super Bowl contender every year, seemingly for the last five years or so. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, they know how to prepare. Uh, they know how to use their quarterback in the preseason to get the most out of him. I got a kick out of Patrick Mahomes' comments yesterday, too, about, hey, sorry, fantasy football owners. <laughs> it's not going to be one guy getting all the catches like Tyreek Hill. Uh, right. It's going to be a different guy every week, which is another challenge for the Cardinals going into this game. You know, new pieces in the wide receiver court. Dealing with Travis Kelsey is a is you know, a pain in the butt, mm-hmm. and that's going to be one for the Cardinals. But you don't know how they're going to use these guys, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster or MVS or, or Sky Moore, this rookie that's getting a lot of oh, pub. Yeah. Um, they have options. So, And, and with a, a thin secondary? Mm-hmm. Oof, I, Not just a thin secondary. Imagine if J.J. Watt and Marcus Golden don't play. Yeah, yeah. Where is the pass rush going to come then? Well, going in, even with those guys, there's still a lot of pressure on on Dennis Gardeck to to produce, mm-hmm. and he put up freakish numbers two years ago in a very limited number of sacks uh, snaps. Last year, he wasn't a hundred percent. He did persevere. He played through the injury. Didn't produce much in terms of the pass rush. But you know, one of the words that we've hit on as a key theme for the Cardinals seems to be hope. There's a lot of hoping. Hey, let's hope that Dennis Gardeck can recapture what he did in those 70 snaps oh, yeah. in, in 2020. Yeah. Let's as opposed hope to what we Victor saw last year. is about to pop. Let's ho- yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Let's hope Isaiah Simmons is ready to be a Pro Bowl linebacker while organizing and calling the defense. There's a there's a lot of silent desperation in the way I see it. Now, of course, they'll never admit that. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna see I, I, the chance for a shootout on Sunday. I, I, that's almost like best case scenario, in my opinion. Well, when we were talking with Adam Teicher yesterday from ESPN, who covers the Chiefs, and he was talking about the questions that the Chiefs have defensively, and the fact that they might rely on four rookies to play big, big time snaps mm-hmm. in that game and early in the season, um, and then you consider the strengths, the, the perceived strengths of both of these offenses. You know, this could be a game where both teams are thirty plus. Wow. Which would be entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it might, it, and it also might be a little sneak preview of what's ahead of this football team. It's, but I also don't know if you want to get into a you know a, a running game or, or or a match score for score type of game with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. And listen, I I I hope that Rodney Hudson is playing. Right. I hope Marcus Golden is playing. If they are playing, it's going to be the first time they have played. So you hope it goes well, even if they are playing. I yeah, I don't, I don't know what the holdup is, but maybe we, you know, we we kind of riffed on Devon Kennard early about how he how he went from being cut to number two on the depth chart at outside linebacker. Yeah. Maybe that's one of those. If if we don't get Marcus Golden, 
The Cardinals no. have two people now that were cut and are now second string. <laughs> well, Cliff the quarterback also was asked about that because that that's one of the things that stood out on the release of the depth chart was Devon Kennard second second team, even though he's on the practice squad. Cliff Kingsbury was asked about that yesterday. He's earned that. Um, we we had a feeling he'd be activated pretty much each week, and and um, that's where he belonged to be placed, and that's where we put him. All right, can somebody make sense of this for me? If he's going to be activated every week, uh-huh. A, why'd you cut him? And B, why is he on the practice squad and, and necessitate? Is that a financial thing? Is he drawing a practice squad? Oh, boy. Salary? He's not happy. I saw a quote from where he's, he, he's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seems he's earned it. He's going to be activated every week. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe just maybe put him on the put, roster. Put him on the team. <laughs> I, I, my, listen, uh, again, I am so tired of the speculating. I'm so tired of just the swinging in the dark, right? We're, we're going to get some we're going to get some definition on Sunday. Some. Some. It's going <laughs> it, to at least it's going to it's going to start to paint a picture of what this team is going to be and become. Yeah. It's like when you're looking through one of those little kaleidoscope <laughs> things and you have to rotate it and finally the picture becomes <laughs> clear. Clear. Maybe by like week 4 we'll get there. I'm so glad that you're old enough to remember those. <laughs> oh, Joseph Cazell, big fan of yeah. those things. There's a lot of kids listening in the audience right now. Just trust me. There's there are. Oh, yeah. Like, what is she talking Listen, about? I don't know if you've ever been in Jerome. They've got a yes. incredible shop dedicated, basically, to kaleidoscopes yeah. at, at, at the nth level. I've been to Jerome once, but I didn't Oh, it's I, didn't no, I missed the kaleidoscopes. It's, it's incredible. Like my parents' happy place. Yeah. Real. See? It <laughs> really is. <laughs> they went, like, in the last month or so. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yes. Your, your dad was in the band in yes. school and also was a big kaleidoscope fan. Correct. <laughs> and what are you getting at? What are you getting at, Jared? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what a struck. guy. What a yeah. guy is what a what a dad. Yeah. I came from him, so obviously he's cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not Carry on, Jarrett. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up, Jarrett. Shut up, Jarrett. <laughs> And of note on the injury report, too, it's been mentioned a couple of times. J.J. Watt, calf injury, did not practice yesterday. Cliff Kingsbury on that. He has a calf as well, so a bit of a calf strain. He's day-to-day, so hopefully he'll be ready by Sunday. And you know what? That kind of... That kind of freaks me out a little bit, too. Yes, it's J.J. Watt. Yes, he obviously knows what to do to prepare to get ready for an NFL season. Right. But a calf strain after a period of inactivity from COVID, those things can linger a little bit. This this stage of career of J.J. Watt, he's just hard to count on, unfortunately, and they are counting on him this season. Yes, they are. Uh, Man, so the concern level... It's at an 11 right now, at least for me. (laughs) Uh, Coming up next, uh, another first for Corbin Carroll of the D-backs. And what is the deal with that trumpet? We'll get into all of it next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Now the pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to center. Going back is Azokar. Onto the track. He's at the wall. It is gone! First career home run for Corbin Carroll. And he goes to deep center field. Back-to-back jacks off of Darvish. 
And it's 2-0 Diamondbacks here in the second. Yeah, Chris Garagiola on the call on the D-backs radio network. One of the highlights last night, another highlight for Corbin Carroll, as you heard there, his first ever major league home run, and to get it off a pitcher as good as you, Darvish. Just a sign of things to come. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the highlights were few and far between outside of two other solo home runs by Dalton Varsho. They lose that game last night in San Diego, 6-3. They lose the series. Um, they should have won that series. We can go back to that middle game where Ian Kennedy blew that lead and uh, you know couldn't, couldn't hold down the lead in the ninth inning. But um, I'll, I'll, there's a built-in excuse, I think, for the D-backs last night. Yeah? It's impossible to take your opponent seriously when they're wearing those uniforms. Yeah, those were kind of weird. Yeah, that that was. Um, I think yeah. I've already flip flopped earlier. Uh, you know, earlier this season, I called the Colorado Rockies license plate uniforms the worst things I've ever seen right. in Major League Baseball. Okay. They're the second worst. Those okay. Padres uniforms are awful. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Henry getting banged up, dinged up yeah. again. It was a second straight outing where he kind of uh, has not brought a whole lot to the table. Coming and, back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's kind of what's happening here. And and the and the fact that they were basically a couple pitches away from, from winning that second game, that's a tough way to end that series against San Diego. Yeah, um, I guess if there's a silver lining, but it doesn't it doesn't wash everything away. It didn't come down to another failure by the bullpen, which would have been demoralizing. Tori Lavello talked about it yesterday, saying it's a fluid situation. Uh, Mike Hayes, in a couple of days ago, with Wolf and Luke on uh, 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, talked about you know this team's been pretty good, but the bullpen is something they need to improve. That's the nature of dealing with bullpen. Sometimes you know those years can fluctuate, and and, and talent stays the same. And sometimes you know those one inning stints, you, you're you're just required to put up zeros every single time out, and that's just that's not always going to happen. Um, you know you don't you don't just throw your hands up. We have to find a different way uh, to to figure this process out. It is going to be at the forefront of what we're looking at doing this offseason. But it's been at the forefront of every offseason we've had, and it's probably going to be for the foreseeable future. You know, if you don't have lockdown, multi-year deals with guys out in the bullpen, which we don't, um, you're going to end up having to rebuild the bullpen almost every single year. Yes, it is one of the things that we are going to be uh, focused on. I do think it's one of those areas that we could see some of the biggest gains um, if we could figure that out. Yeah, again, you wonder if the, if the Diamondbacks had a reliable back end of the bullpen, where would they be right now? I think mm-hmm. we'd, be, we'd be spending a lot more time talking about play off prospects for, for the Diamondbacks if that were the case. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a very difficult job. It, it's mm-hmm. it's an it's an inning unlike any others. You are you are going to get the best from the other team every single time that you are trying to get that final out. I'll never forget ever um, when my days covering a baseball team. And I kind of learned this when the White Sox back in the day they had a scramble for a closer. Jose De Leon was his name. He was given the ball in the ninth inning. He got the save, but he was a wreck after the game. I mean, he was in his locker room shaking. Really? Like, I don't ever want to do that again. Oh, yeah, you have to be cut out for it. You have to be cut out for it, and some guys just are not, and when things go bad, it's so hard it's so hard to get it turned back around in the right direction. Yeah, it's like being a cornerback in the NFL. Kind of, yeah. You have to have the short memory. If you don't, you're probably not going to do very well. But again, I I do think that it was really really fun to watch this team crawl back towards 500. It was really fun for a minute to think, could they actually sneak into the playoffs? The long game is what matters here. You know, 
and, and and they're playing a team right now that is, you know, very well funded, or they were playing a team that was very well funded, it, it, despite those hideous uniforms. <laughs> and you're right, they were hideous. They were about as bad as I've ever seen. I like them. You do? I don't. I, I don't. I don't do? know if they fit San Diego. It feels like the my almost like the Miami Heat alternate uniforms. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, which or were the, so terrible. Or the original when the Marlins changed from the teal. Remember, like, I don't know what it was now, like six or seven years ago when they opened the new stadium? Yeah, and they went to and those had, pastel colors. Yeah, they had all the different color combination uniforms. Although on the Miami Heat thing, when they wore the, the, the pink and the blue, I liked those until they mixed the pink with the blue, and then it, they blended it together. That was awful. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of the same feel. Yeah. Let's get on the other story. Let's do it. Um, this other story is a good story, too. <laughs> The New York Mets once had a very sizable lead in the uh, National League East over the uh, Atlanta Braves. The Braves, the defending World Series champions, have played good baseball. This has been the story for the Mets this year. We all all love it. It it gives you goosebumps when you see Edwin Diaz come into this intro. The fans absolutely love it, except for one fan. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. Um, on uh, Instagram yesterday, uh, SNY TV posted, The Braves defeated the Athletics late last night in Oakland. Today, for the first time since April 11th, the Mets do not have sole possession at first place in the NL East. Jerry Seinfeld responded, Same as when the Baja men showed up to play Who Let the Dogs Out in the 2000 World Series. The series ended right there. And then another post, I blame that stupid trumpet performance celebrating in season. We haven't won anything yet. Bad mojo. Now, this is a very interesting thing, and I think a lot of sports fans can relate to this. Um, The idea of, uh, is that over the top? Is that too celebratory? We've all, I believe, we all think that this is one of the coolest things we've witnessed. But Jerry Seinfeld is a diehard Mets fan. Mm -hmm. Diehard. And this is a team that has basically been cursed, without a curse. Is there an Art Shamsky curse? Is there an Ed Crane ball? <laughs> is there, you know, is there a curse I don't know about when it comes to the Mets? Two thousand seven, they had that big lead. They blew that. Remember? Did <laughs> Bruce Jacobs curse the Mets? <laughs> It's the, possible the that curse of Ron Swoboda. The curse of Ron Swoboda. They got the reverse curse of Bill. Uh, Wasn't uh, Bill Buckner? Because that actually helped them, and it was almost yeah. like that. Ever since then, they've been cursed. All right, all right let's break this down. Does all Jerry right. Seinfeld have Good a point. point? Is it celebratory? Or if it's, it's just a live version of something they're doing every time he enters a game in a safe situation. I, I don't yeah. think it's I don't think it's celebratory, but I think I think his reaction is classic. It, it's it's basic that basically that of a neurotic fan saying we are testing the sporting gods. I was surprised they didn't wait to the playoffs though to bring them in to do it live. They were I capitalizing. That on was the, the moment. moment. Yeah, I know. It, but that's that's also Jerry Seinfeld's point. But you do remember when they brought in the Baja men to do that thing live in the playoffs? I did not remember that until oh, I read no. it this morning. It was hideous. I barely remember the Baja men in general. 
What was your second favorite, what would you say, Baja Men song? <laughs> there was one. I remember being at the Super Bowl once on Radio Row and the Baja Men were going from table to table. Like, well, come on your show. We're like, no, no we're, we're good. good. To do we're what? Yeah, Who let good. you guys out? What? <laughs> yeah. Now there's other people, uh, Mets fans, that are attacking Jerry Seinfeld. Uh-huh. Because he posed, he did a whole photo oh shoot God. for a clothing company called Kith, which, again, I didn't know about until today. Only kids in the I, halls. Mike the Tyson, is that you? Kith? <laughs> <laughs> I want to kith you. Give me a kith. <laughs> <laughs> but in a couple of the photos, he's wearing a Mets hat. And they're like, well, what about this, Jerry Seinfeld? I'm like, where's the parallel there? At least Seinfeld's the, got a point. Listen, um, the Super Bowl shuffle, Jim McMahon famously was like, this is stupid. We should not be doing No, Dan Hampton, I think. We should not be doing this. This is They shouldn't have done putting, it for a number of reasons. No, that too. <laughs> this is, yeah. You see Steve Fuller dancing that? That's exactly right. They um, th- There was a lot of feel that that was inappropriate. There have been many instances of teams printing merchandise before or winning and then getting bitten by that. Please stay off the tarmac. When you're Sky Chief, Harbor Airport, right. when the, the Suns Harbor. come home <laughs> to celebrate <laughs> the with the Suns, please do not. <laughs> That's exciting. I forgot about that. How could I forget about that? Yeah. So I think it's funny that Jerry Seinfeld, of all people, has kind of poured water on this because now this is going to become a thing because he gave voice to this. Mm-hmm. Oh, now it's just adding fuel to it. Oh, without a doubt. They so might now, finish in third place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now every time he walks in the game, people are like, are we doing the right thing? <laughs> What is the deal? (laughs) What is with this trumpet? I mean, really. Uh, Coming up next, football season is here. We will give our outlook for 2022 in the NFC. Will the Cardinals make the playoffs? That and more straight ahead. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.